Hey, it's still silver with John Raven. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening. Uh, if you're a silver person, hope you're staying sober. If you're not a sober person, I hope you're staying sane. I'm relatively sane and, and um, definitely sober. I wanted to uh, tell you, I don't know if you've ever had a uh, your car die on the way to the mechanic before, but uh, that happened to me this past week. Um, right before or last week and and the mechanic that I take the car to the auto shop is 1.6 miles from where I live the car died the timing chain went out on it no apparently a guard holding the timing chain had come off so it was basically banging around and it fucked up the engine and the engine is dead. The whole engine is done. Like you need a new engine, which costs as much as the car cost. And what's the good news? Well, the good news is we were going to get new tires for the car and we waited and thank God. There's nothing uh, that would have made us more made me more upset than having brand new tires on a car that was dead. That would have sucked. This sucks. It absolutely sucks. Um, I will say, stay clear from the Chevy Captiva or Equinox, which is the same model, but uh, we have we had a Captiva. Well, we still have it. Captiva uh, is basically the Equinox, but sold in uh, Europe. But it's the same car. Apparently, uh, it's common for the timing chains to go out on this particular engine. That's what the uh, tow truck driver told me. Um, which is not... Uh, you don't see a lot of that on the internet. We did our research, but apparently that's a, that's a common thing for these cars and that sucks that puts me back to because we've got a scooter still but that needs to be repaired so now we got to take the scooter to an, uh, the auto shop which is uh, that works on motorcycles there's one across the street so that's actually not bad i just have to push the bike a couple of blocks but we're gonna have to get that repaired so that we have something um, but i'm not riding the scooter now because it's what, 28 degrees outside here in Austin, Texas? Um, no, it's, it is going to warm up, so that's good. But uh, I'm back to riding a scooter or riding the bus for a bit while we save money. And it's, uh, it's, it's a, that's a rough go. It just kind of makes you sit there and just makes me watch people drive around and just kind of sit there and, and just kind of look and go, how do you afford a car? Like just to random people. How do you have a vehicle? How did you pull this off? I keep forgetting how I pulled off having a vehicle. I don't, how did we end up with this? Like we had to fucking get a loan and that we're still paying off. 
in a way. Well, it it's complicated, but uh, it's just it's it's, it, it's just. But there's not like a high. Um, but we're not. But I don't have a car loan, and I'm not making monthly payments. So, but it's still just kind of. It's like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. Basically, it's like, oh, we're gonna figure it out. Luckily, uh, my wife works from home, and I am fairly close to work. So it's, you know, Uber. The bus is not necessarily that convenient, but um, I have coworkers as well that are helping out. So I'll we'll be all right. But it's uh, it's crazy. It's just uh, it's like oh. Everything was going all right, and then now everything got complicated. I have to get groceries delivered. That's annoying. But, you know, outside of that, it's it's it bums you out, but then you kinda like, yeah, but we're we're healthy and we're doing all right. So it's like, well, shit could be worse, right? I wish I wasn't a safe driver, honestly. Like when the when it went out, when I heard it go bam and break, I was not in motion. I was at the stoplight, so I actually had to push the car through the intersection. At, you know, it's nine in the morning. It's, you know, it was, uh, yeah, I hadn't even had that much coffee. Suddenly I'm doing cardio. That was not great. Um, but I wish I, I, I wish I would have gotten hit. You know, I wish I would have wrecked it. I gotten in a wreck and then been like, eh, I don't know what's happening with the car kind of a thing. Um, I, but here's why I bring it up. I'd forgotten that this is, I'm like, I'm sitting there explaining what happened going, uh, do I have a point to the story? I do have a point to the story. So I'm pushing the car. I have to push the car through the intersection. And then I'm, I, and then the closest thing is there's a Jack in the box right on the corner. So I'm going to push the car into the parking lot of Jack in the box into a space and then I can get it towed from there. And sure enough, I was able, there were actually two different guys. One, one guy pulled his car over. Another guy was, was pulling out of the Jack in the box, but he just parked his car and came back around and pushed it with me. And then some other guy showed up and helped push the car because it wasn't, you know, it's a, it's a mini SUV. It's not, uh, not easy to push by yourself. And we were able to push it into a parking space, the three of us. And then they both gave me a fist bump, said good luck, and then got back in their cars. And at no point when they were helping me, Did either of them ask me if I supported Pal uh, Palestinians uh, or Israel? Uh, at no point did they ask me who I was voting for. They were just 
doing a, an, an, a selfless act. Because when you get out of the internet and get out of your little arguments and online or posturing on your social media or whatever else you're getting caught up in the thing when you're just out in the real world and you're just being a person it's a good thing and it's nice to come across real people that are that are really you know people it's like individuals are great people all together you can't trust you know it's like i hate people but i like individuals but it was nice. It was nice to, to, to get some help from strangers. And then I take it to the auto shop, which is a tech one automotive, by the way, in Austin. And they, they take a look at the car and I know the mechanic, I've known him for 20 years and, but he's worked there like the entire time he's worked there for 20 years. And he told me the bad news. He goes, he called and he goes, I've got nothing but bad news for you. Let me know. And, but the thing is he went and talked to the manager and they had a service. They, they worked partnership with a tow truck company and that, you know, they towed me and then, then the whole thing is that, Hey, we'll tow you now. And then, It'll just be added to your bill. You don't have to worry about it. So I got towed. And then they told me that because I've done business with them before, I've had my car service there. And they said, hey, look, you know, don't don't worry about it. Um, You know, we're not going to charge you anything for the towing and we're not going to charge you anything for. Uh, taking a look at it and uh, and all that, you know, I'm sorry, we're not able to help you because he, he recommended, I do not recommend buying a new engine for eight to $10,000. <clears> but I thought that was, I couldn't believe it. I was like, they, they didn't, they didn't charge me anything. So while it sucks to be without a car, it's nice that they were under they were very understanding and knew, you know, I was going to be going through, you know, dealing with it and stuff. And it's just like, Hey, and they even offered to, if we brought brought them the title, they would just get rid of it, which means that they would have somebody, you know, buy it and, or, and then, uh, come tow it away. Uh, which we declined politely. It was like, no, that's great. It's okay. I'll pay for the towing and then we'll end up selling it or we'll use it as a trade in, you know, that's the easiest way would be to just let you take care of it. I get that. Uh, but right now I'm not, not, it's not about convenience. I would rather, uh, have, uh, you know, get some kind of money out of this car. So that's what, that's what we did. But I just wanted to use it as an example of another thing that was great. It was nice. You know, they didn't have to do that. And that was, um, and it's, it's, it's weird to, uh, to really, it's weird to deal with a, a, an auto shop that, you know, what it was, you wasn't just a dollar sign to people. And the other thing is, is that there's this other, there's a muffler shop 
right next to where I work and the owner of that shop, you know, he's like our neighbors. Um, he took a look at my, look at the car because there was a problem, you know, I was having a check engine light problem with the catalytic converter. It's another reason why I'm glad. I mean, that's, you know, not having to get the, don't have to get that taken care of fucking catalytic converter bullshit. And he looked at it and told me what was, what was up with the catalytic converter and uh, even cut the check engine light off if I was going to go get it inspected for me. And uh, it was like, yeah, you know, you really don't need a new catalytic converter yet. This is just a bad, it's just cheap. They, they put a, the dealership you bought the car from, put a aftermarket cheap ass catalytic converter and it'll give you your sensors problems. And the only way to fix that is to get a factory catalytic converter for a lot of money to do it because otherwise, otherwise don't worry about it. And he didn't charge me any money to take a look at it and to diagnose and all this other stuff. And it's just, so it was encouraging to get, um, a lot of, uh, a lot of help and a lot of advice and, um, just, and not be viewed as a, a money pit or, or, you know, so so my wife is watching a show called The Traders, a reality show, and she is keeping it paused because she wants me to watch it with her. And I've seen a little bit of it. I'm like, yeah, all right. Um, so she's like, hey, uh, I'm fixing up, uh, fixing dinner, and also we're going to watch that. So please hurry up with your podcast, um, which is uh, which was fine because I don't have anything else to talk about. No, that's not true. I have another thing, real quick. Um, if you have not seen, um, this is uh, for opioid uh, crisis, opioid em- epidemic related. Uh, fentanyl related specifically if you have not seen uh the musical artist what is it uh, former rapper turned country artist uh grammy nominated singer jason deford also known to fans as jelly roll jelly roll did a uh, it's about a six and a half minute long clip i recommended watching watching it on youtube but he basically testified before um, the Senate committee, Senate committee on banking, housing, and urban affairs, which is to, um, um, to support, um, let's see the, um, uh, Tim Scott, Senator Tim Scott, Republican from South Carolina to push for the passage of his, of the bill, the fentanyl eradication and narcotics deterrence fend fend off fentanyl act and um i I recommend i mean if anything it's 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 worth watching because it's a really great speech and it's uh it's just it's it's awesome um and talked about how um 
you know, to, to please support the, the act. And um, let me see here, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Uh, the Fend Off Fentanyl Act focuses on sanctions and anti-money laundering practices in an attempt to target China and Mexico's illicit fentanyl supply chain. Um, and he goes, DeFord said that while he believes drug dealing is a law enforcement issue, drug addiction should be considered a mental health issue. Yes. Calling for access to better care, treatment, and resources for those struggling. Now, this is the, uh, I pulled up the page on that, the, fin the Fend Off Fentanyl Act. Um, let's see, specifically to disrupt the flow of illicit opioids into the United States, the Fend Off Fentanyl Act would declare that the international trafficking of fentanyl is a national emergency. I think that that's, that's yeah, should be done to require the president to sanction transnational criminal organizations and drug cartels, key members engaged in international fentanyl trafficking. Um, don't we, do we not sanction criminal organizations already? Why don't we? I don't see how that's, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that entails. All right. Uh, enable the president to use proceeds of forfeited sanctioned property of fentanyl traffickers to further law enforcement efforts. So the president can use what? Like yachts and, uh, and weapons? Property? Cars? To further law enforcement efforts? Here, let's give the let's let's give the cops a Lambo. This'll help. All right, I guess. Uh, enhance the ability to enforce sanctions violations, thereby making it more likely that people who defy U.S. law will be caught and prosecuted. All right, now I uh, making. Uh, enhance the ability to enforce sanctions violations, thereby making it more likely that the people who defy the U.S. law will be caught and prosecuted. Uh, how are laws going to enhance the ability to enforce laws? You know what I mean? Let's for just for a second. How is making things more illegal going to encourage law enforcement organizations to catch people who are doing things that are illegal that like, how's it going to make them do their job better and make it easier? It theoretically make it easier, I guess. And there's other, let's say, allow the treasury department to utilize special measures to combat Fentanyl-related money laundering. You can do that already. So this almost seems like it's an, uh, I don't know. It, it seems, because I, because I saw somewhere in here that they said that, uh, oh yes, the bill was unanimously passed by the Senate Banking Committee last June 
but was blocked from being included into the National Defense Authorization Act, along with other financial legislation by Republican Patrick McHenry last December in an effort to include. Oh, because his own cryptocurrency legislation did not make it into the final version, so he shot down the other thing. That's that's a politician for you. You can't uh, you get your fentanyl act put in if you can, uh, you know, also support my cryptocurrency thing. You support my deal, I'll support your deal. Uh, okay, well. That's enough. That that lets me know everything I need to know. Um, so I'll, I'll just say this. Get, definitely go check out Jelly Roll's um, testimony because it's just it's uh, it's inspiring and it, it was nice. It was it's it's worth six and a half minutes of your time. Um, now this this Findoff Fentanyl Act to me feels a lot like. Um, the war on uh, uh, a chapter in the book of uh, the war on drugs that um, will be unsuccessful because I mean, you can, I think it needs, I think the attention, I think it needs to be a national emergency. I think there needs to be a, a main focus and I am down for, cause the, the idea of sanctions, I mean, that does, that's why one of the cartels in, in Mexico is no longer pushing fentanyl because the leaders don't want to be extradited to the U S and go to prison. So, and they want to use it to their advantage to push, um, the U S to attack their competitors who are still doing fentanyl as a strategic move. And they're like, ah, we're just going to go back to selling weapons. I, I brought that up in a preview previous, uh, podcast episode. So it's, so sanctions can uh, definitely put pressure on uh, on people, but you know, as long as you've got, as long as China still still you know the groups in China are still manufacturing fentanyl. I mean, I you know you're not going to get rid of it, um, and you can put some pressure. Uh, maybe that'll that'll help a little bit, but you gotta have resources for people to, you gotta have fentanyl testing strips so that people can test, you know, their, so that, so that people who aren't drug addicts who are just looking to have a little bit of a good time. Cause I'm hearing there's fentanyl showing up in some weed now, which is, that's, that's not great. So, you know, legalize paper, let you have fentanyl testing strips that should be readily available and then support, uh, funding for treatment centers, you know, because people, if you get hooked on fentanyl, you're going to need rehab. A lot of people are going to need rehab. You're not going to be able to 12 step your way out of, uh, not using fentanyl. That's, it, that's a very difficult thing to do. 12 step you know, recovery programs are hard enough, but when you've got an opioid, this, this fucked up, you gotta have, you know, you gotta make uh, treatment affordable. You gotta make detox affordable. So I, you know, it's someday maybe, right. 
All right. Well, that's that's it for me. I appreciate it. Still silverpod at gmail.com for any questions or comments that are positive. But we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. All right. Later. Inside. Disconnect the telephone line